Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I'm your host, Surreal Gerald Quinn. On this 15th of June, 2022, hope everybody out there is having a great week so far as we head towards a uh, Father's Day weekend. Uh, the NBA could end tomorrow night. Um, game six of the NBA Finals will be take place, of course, at the TD Garden in Boston. Boston trying to stay alive to save their season and, and, and force this to a game seven. Um, we are going solo tonight. Uh, no Robert Sapp. He will be rejoining us next week, and we'll just do a – we got some special special stuff planned that I just had to put on the back burner because he wasn't here um, in terms of some wire stuff, some um, NFL stuff as well. We're going to do a whole just uh, NBA wrap-up top five players, you know, Talk about what 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 league could look like next year. Free agency, some stuff like that. Um, so we we have a big big show. So it trust me. And Robert Sapp will have plenty to say. Um, so um, we'll we'll talk about that once he when he gets back. But uh, we stand here now with Golden State taking full control of this series, up three games to two. This series changed rather quickly. Um, you remember. After game three, uh, it was Boston that was in the catbird seat, being up two games to one, coming off a 16-point you know, smacking of, of Golden State, home court, game four at home. And it's, again, these playoff series, it's amazing how things can change quickly within minutes. Uh, Boston has a – and before we even talk about game five, you got to go back to game four because there was a lingering effect a carryover effect without question. You heard Van Gundy mention it during the broadcast from game four that led into game five. There's no way, no two ways about it. Um, Boston, you know, has a five-point lead in game five, four at home. They have a five-point lead, 91-86. And then, you know, and then they had a nice excuse me. Well, let's go from let's go from yeah, they had nine ninety four they were up by five in the fourth quarter. Then they were then, you know, uh Golden State goes on a eleven four run without Draymond Green. And all of a sudden Golden State's up by three at ninety seven ninety four. Curry hits the big three to kind of ice it at a hundred to ninety four. I know Horford made a three later, but at that point, um Golden State was in total control. Uh, whatever matter of fact, Horford made three to uh, cut it to three uh, to cut it to three from uh, one hundred and ninety-seven. Then it became you know somewhat of a, a free throw game, um, and Golden State was able to wrap it up. Boston, of course, had a bunch of turnovers. Boston, of course, completely fell apart in that uh, fourth quarter. And you know, think about this. So from the first half of from the second half of game four up until midway through game uh, five, the first quarter midway through game five, Golden State outscored Boston 82 to 51. 82 to 51. Um, you have a team in Boston that frankly just is not tough enough uh, as far as at this level in the NBA Finals right now, that's that. That to me is the difference in the series, and we could talk about. Listen, we could we could talk about the turnovers. 
we can talk about how the winning team, each winning team, the winning team has um, won the points in the paint. Uh, we can talk about the fact that the teams, you know, the teams who have the most shot attempts are five and one. This series, there are a lot of things that showed you that can tell you from the stat sheet who's going to win the game. But the number one thing to me, and we'll we'll get to the fact that Golden State probably has probably had the two best players in this series. We know Steph Curry clearly has been the best player, but we'll talk about Andrew Wiggins later on. But the bottom line to me is Golden State is a tougher basketball team. They are a more mentally tougher basketball team. Not to say the Celtics are not tough. It takes a lot of mental toughness and intestinal fortitude to win back-to-back series um, in Game 7, especially when they win a Game 7 on the road as they did in Miami, especially being down 3-2 in Game 6 in Milwaukee against the defending champions, all that B-minus Chris Milton. So we understand, you know, taking out Brooklyn, in, uh, sweeping Brooklyn, a talented Brooklyn team, a troubled but talented Brooklyn team. So I'm not questioning Boston's mental toughness. I'm just saying that it's not on par with Golden State. Golden State in, in this series has answered the bell every time. Every time you think about it, game one, um, you're down, they're down. Uh, game one, they're, they're in total control of the game. Boston hits them with an avalanche in the fourth quarter and just destroys them 40 to 16. They lose by 12. They bounce back in game two, win by 19. Game three, Boston can completely controls that game. Um, is you know, winning the game four into the fourth quarter. Benches James Green Green gets benched for four or five minutes uh in the fourth quarter, uh for five minutes in the fourth quarter, and they get and they still come out and win that game. Right? Game five, they control the game for most they control the game for most of the first half. They get hit in the mouth by Boston 35-24 in the third quarter. They Boston takes it actually takes a lead, but Golden State rallies. And finishes the third quarter with enough of, with, with the lead and takes control in the fourth quarter. Every time Boston has hit them, they have answered. Every time in the series, and there's something to be said about that. It's some, you know, it's one of the reasons why I picked Golden State to win in seven. Um, because of that, just you know, it, you cannot replicate finals experience. It's, it is a different level at the finals. We've seen this in series where. 2011, um, maybe that that 2011 is a bad example because uh, that wasn't about experience. But I would say in uh, 2012, Oklahoma City, Miami, Oklahoma City, I could make a case had a better, had more talent than top to bottom in Miami. But Miami had been there. Uh, they had Miami had a number of guys that had been in the finals. They had just lost in the finals the previous year. Oklahoma City's brand new, you know, to uh, 24 year, you know, uh, what a 20. What three year old Kevin Durant, twenty two year old Russell Westbrook, um, and Harden, all those guys are under basically under twenty five, and you know Miami won a couple, won a number of tough close games in that series. That series is a lot closer than people expect. Really realize that two thousand twelve. You go back the only only game that you know only game five was the only game that got away. The rest of those games two, three, and four were right there for the taking for for Oklahoma City. Like that, that was a very closely contested five game series. It was, it didn't feel like a five game series. It felt more like a six or seven game series from a competitive standpoint. But 
the bottom line was the championship experience. Like you can't, it, like it's just something that cannot be replicated. And Golden State has just up to this, up to this point has outlasted Boston. They just have outlasted them. They take their punch, respond. Take their punch, respond. And you know, if you're Boston, that can creep up into your head from a mental standpoint. Like, oh, so this team is not gonna go away. We've hit them with we've hit them with you know haymakers, and they're still here. And also, let's be honest. Um, and we saw Boston's youth show, in particular, in Game uh, Five with the you know just the the bitching and moaning to the officials. The Marcus Smart basically blowing a gasket and completely and like almost imploding uh, in that fourth quarter, getting a technical foul, offensive foul, just doing even though it was a flop by Jordan Poole. But um, just, uh, you know, just doing stuff that he's too old for. I mean, Marcus Smart has been in the league since 2014. He came in the, uh, the Andrew Wiggins, Joe MB draft back in 2014. He's too old for that. He's too much, too good of a player for that. But um, even if you don't got a technical foul. But to me, the difference in this series has been, from, you know, minus stats and all that has been the fact that uh, Golden State is the more experienced finals experienced experienced team now the second big part of this um when you look at the second big part of this of course is andrew wiggins and that's where we're going to be going with the deep dive um andrew wiggins has just has clearly to me been the second best player not only on golden state by far but the second best player in this series even though i would even put him ahead of tato and, and jalen brown for what he's doing on both ends of the floor. Um, he's holding Tatum to 37%, 37.5% from the field. He leads both teams in rebounds, uh, shots contested. Um, he's second, of course, on Golden State in points. He last two games, he's going 43 and 29 on the last two games. The game four, of course, had the 16 big rebounds. And last in game five, of course, he was the best player on the floor with 26 and 13. And this is really something that, you know, you think about Wiggins. You know, Wiggins was a guy who, you know, he's one of these athletes who is just better than everybody from a physical talent, from a talent standpoint. You know, he's a high school American, McDonald's all American, all world in high school, you know, goes to Kansas. Um, had an excellent freshman year there. Um, and he just got, like, it, the game comes so easy to a guy like that that sometimes it they don't feel like they have to work as hard. So you combine that with going to literally one of the worst cultures in the NBA in terms of Minnesota, and that's how you get to a point to where you have your, you know, late the late, Flip Saunders saying that calling him calling some of his minutes on the court wasted minutes because you would literally forget that Andrew Wiggins was on the floor. So you combine that, you know, you combine all that, you say, well, this guy is just an empty empty calories guy from from a stat standpoint. <clears throat> he can get twenty in his sleep, but he doesn't rebound. He's not making other people better. He's not even trying to play defense, even though he we know that he has the physical capabilities of being a top level two way player, defensive player, uh, could be even a defensive player of the year type player. But we never saw that in Minnesota. 
So you get him in a situation where in Golden State and, and again that trade. So you think about that trade that um that Golden State made to to get him. It's going to be one of the steals of the next decade. Like when we when we go back and look back look back on it, you get Wiggins. You can trade Jazzo Russell for Andre Wiggins. Excuse me for <laughs> Andre Wiggins for uh, Andrew Wiggins and the Kaminga and Jonathan Kaminga. I, I think Kaminga has poor man's Kawhi Leonard written all over him. I really think Kaminga. I like Kaminga a lot. I'm surprised, not surprised, but I I thought Kaminga would play in this series a little bit, but clearly. Steve uh, Kerr is going with the experience, even giving equal dollar minutes um, at his advanced age of, of 38. But that trade is a, just one of the, again, it's just a flat out steal to say the least. And now this is the player that Wiggins, you know, Wiggins to me, Wiggins a ceiling would have been Vince Carter, right? A guy who can be the best player on a, on a playoff caliber team. Wiggins is not num- a number one on a championship team. Uh, number one from that standpoint, I I don't think you would could build. I, I don't I don't think Wiggins could be Wiggins can't can't be the best player on the team that can win a championship. But that 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 list is is short. That list is very short <laughs> in terms of best player on a championship team. But you know if if Golden State takes care of business, he's going to be the second best player on a championship team. So you're talking about a guy who is now. If I take the non superstar, if I take the non superstars, one of the more valuable two way players, player uh, players in the league as far as at, in terms of trade assets, as far as what he does, like that that is the guy that you want. We talk me and me and Rob talked about this a couple of weeks ago with two way players and how you're trying to build teams. You're looking for a guy that can defend, um, that can play well, that's going to play on both ends, like that. He's the perfect guy for that. Like you're looking for Andrew Wiggins type, not a superstar, of course. I know he made the All Star team, probably not even going to be a perennial All Star, but a guy that can literally, you know, match up, can literally guard three to even four positions, and can score and on, and on a given night can get you twenty to twenty five. And give him all the credit in the world. Give, I mean, give Golden State the credit, of course, for, for player development. That, that culture, but give him credit for saying, look, I'm not just going to be a stats man. I'm going to go out here. I want to win a championship. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I mean, he's improved. You know, his it, the main thing with him is his shot selection. He's improved uh, his shot selection, and he's clearly improved is a, a, an improved rebounder, especially in these playoffs. He's averaging basically 18 and 10, uh, close to 18 and 10. And again, he has been nothing short of spectacular. He's been consistent in these finals. He has been um, consistent throughout the course of these playoffs. He's whatever they needed, he's given them, and he saved them in Game Five because you survive a Steph Curry seven for twenty-two, sixteen points, eight eight assists game. I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, there's no way in the world that I, that if you tell me Steph Curry scored sixteen points on seven for twenty-two, that that uh, that Golden State's winning that game. There's no way that I would, I would have took that. Much. I would have bet the fun, any not anything, but I, if I, I'm not a betting man, but I, we could have put twenty or thirty, we could have put fifty dollars on it. I would have been like, all right, I'll take that's an, it'll be the easiest fifty dollars I would make in my life. And you know, listen, with a Wiggins, 
Uh, you look back at that draft, 2014, if we did a redraft, right, look, Jokic would go one, Embiid two, Wiggins would go three, Marcus Smart probably would go four. They, they Those would be your top four picks in that 2014 draft. So, you know, again, it goes to show you the importance of culture. It goes to show you that some guys are just late bloomers. It goes to show you that, you know, what, uh, what it means to be a two-way player, and again, I, you know, you're thinking about Wiggins. I wouldn't trade Wiggins. Like I wouldn't trade Wiggins. I wouldn't trade him for Bradley Bill. Like who? Like who are you trading Wiggins for in the offseason? Like I, he's a trade. I, who are you? Like that's gonna that's gonna make your team better. Now again, I'm not saying that Wiggins is a better player than Bradley Bill from a scoring standpoint, but for what in terms of impacting your team to win a championship. I think that Wiggins, I'm taking Brandon Wiggins over Bradley Bill because he fits perfectly with what with, with what Golden State is trying to do. Like, who are you trading Wiggins for in the offseason? He has one year left on his contract at about $33 million. They're going to have to re-up him after this year. There's no way, I, I cannot see just a situation where Wiggins is not on the team in the future. 27 years old, has a chance to be a, let's assume, let's say Boston, excuse me, let's say Golden State does win this, will be a champion and the second best player on a team that, that helped you win a championship. There's no way you can get rid of that guy. No way. And you have, again, you know, I'm not ready to, to, to close the book on, on the Wiseman. They have young talent coming up to Pike from Golden State. They have a night, they have a, They've done an excellent job at merging the, the veteran players with this young talent they have with Jonathan Poole and Moody and uh, Kaminga. Like they have, they have some nice, you know, Gary Payton Jr. But again, this is something that we don't see. It is rare to see a number one pick, right? It not work out for his original team and then he reinvents himself and becomes what Andrew Wiggins is, has become. That's very, very rare. Either, either a number one pick is going to be a star or he's going to be a bust. More times than not, it's not too many in-betweens. Either he's going to be superstar, all-star, or, or outright bust. Or the number one pick wasn't that good to begin with to where we had those expectations. Guys like Andrew Bogut or Michael Olin Candy, guys that you knew were, were just number one because they were big. And that was a, it was a time where you just drafted, I mean, Sam Bowie or Michael Jordan. You just drafted size. Size trumped everything. That, you know, Greg Oden, Kevin Durant. That's, of course, no longer the case. More, you're going to see more than likely the best player um, being taken or player have with the greatest potential being taken uh, as a number one pick. But... It's not that often you see a number one pick um, not live up to expectations and then become a major piece or a second best player on a potential championship team. That's just something that we did. This is a very unique situ situation uh, in terms of NBA in NBA history. It really is. It really is remarkable uh, to watch. With that being said, um, the series is far from over. I'm not going to, like, these playoffs have been too unpredictable from game to game, series to series. These playoffs have been co closely contested. 
Um, you've had a number of series go six games, a few go seven. I'm not counting the Celtics out. They would just be foolish. Um, even though they haven't played well at home, they still have, like, if I'm Udoka, I'm like, guys, we win game six. We are back in our comfort zone in terms of game seven. Like, we, we, we've won game sevens on the road. We've won a game seven on the road. We've won two game sevens the previous, uh, the last two series. Like, we got one home game to win uh, to get into game seven. That's it. Like, so I, I think it's easy to paint a, a positive picture, a half glass full of picture for if you're, if you're uh, Udoka, um, if, it, if you're worried about the mental approach uh, of the Boston Celtics. I did pick on the same seven. I did. I don't like going. I, I'm not changing my pick, but in, not in terms of who I think is going to win the series, but I really believe that I think Golden State is going to be alpha blood tomorrow from the standpoint that they are not coming in with the idea of we got game seven in our back pocket at home. Uh-uh. Remember, Clay, Draymond, Steph, Iguodala, all have nah, – I don't think Looney was on. Yeah, Looney was on the team too, 15. Yeah, he got drafted in 2015. He was on the team. All those guys have experienced losing a game seven at home. All of them have experienced that from, the, on, from that standpoint. So they will come like the Celtics. Celtics are going to have to win a close game. Like the again, Celtics to me, I, I don't see how the game is not close. Well, I could see. I mean, the Celtics make a million threes, but I think this will be a very close game. I think it will be similar to Game Four, and I think you know, come tomorrow night that you know Steph Curry will be a four-time champion. I, I think that I think that uh, Golden State wins a close game. And Curry gets finally gets his finals MVP, uh, and gets his fourth championship um, tomorrow night. But again, if you're telling me Father's Day evening, we're sitting here in the fourth quarter, five minutes left, and the Celtics are winning, wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. No, I mean, I mean, it would not surprise. It would not. It wouldn't surprise. I'm just, I'm, it just wouldn't. I don't think it's going to happen. But I like at this point, again, the way these playoffs have gone, uh, with some of the things that have happened, uh, it's not like nothing will surprise me from that standpoint. But I think that there is a mental fatigue that the, that the Celtics have right now, and I think that you know I've hit you know there's been a lot of talk about the Celtics defense. Against uh against Steph Curry, well, you know, drop coverage, no drop coverage, and all this. The Celtic defense has not been a problem. Like they're holding Golden State to ten points less than what Golden State was coming into the series. Golden State coming into the series was averaging like one hundred fifteen points a game during the playoffs. They hold them to one hundred five. The problem has been the Celtic offense. That's been the problem, especially their fourth quarter offense. Minus game uh. Uh, minus game one. I mean, they've, they, they've offensively have been average at best. Medi- for them, mediocre. Remember, when the Celtics went on that run with the go 28 and 7, not only did they have the number one rated offense, they had the number one rated defense. They had the number, like, two rated offense. Like, they, like, and look at these games. Look at the two games that they won in this series. How many points did they score? 120 in game one, 116 
in game three. They've had back-to-back games of under 100 points, and in game two, they scored 88 points. Their offense has been their offense has not been good. They've been they've taken they are um, taking bad shots. Half court offense is stagnant. They you know they are turning the ball over at you know at left you know left and right. Tatum has already set the record for most turnovers in in a, in a postseason. That's a record that you don't want. So I, I keep hearing about again step you know how are we going to defend Steph Curry. I think that their defense on Steph Curry has been fine. To be honest with you, I haven't had a problem with their, their defense on Steph Curry. Like, Steph Curry is an all-time great player. He's going to get his numbers. There was no question in my mind that Steph Curry was going to average close to 30 points a game. But I did not think – I I didn't think that the Boston offense, even though I picked Golden State, would be this bad. And it has been that bad. Now, but again, give credit to Golden State's defense. Golden State came in. This uh, playoffs came in the uh, was the number two defense during the regular season. They've done some good things uh, defensively against um, Boston. So I like Golden State to close this one out tomorrow. Should be a very interesting um, game to say the least. This series has been fascinating to watch from a strategic standpoint in terms of the matchups, the substitution patterns. You know the bench of Draymond. The just this emergence of Andrew Wiggins, um, and I, I I don't think Game Six will be any different. That's gonna wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I will see you next time. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy Game Six tomorrow. So long.